Hello and welcome to episode 265 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week we're going to respond to another podcast or like talk oh, about yeah, what yeah, they yeah. talked about. Uh, yeah. This is my fault. and um, <laughs> It's not your fault. It's Wizard's fault. Yeah. And then uh, talk about the uh, slow um, turn away from Magic IP to the IP of the rest of the nerd universe. Yeah, the uh, we'll call it decline. <laughs> the decline <laughs> of unique IP. Yes. Um. So if you want to reach out with show ideas or things like that, uh, you can find us on social media: Facebook, Discord, the the artist formerly known as Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know, Facebook. I think I said email. Emails in there too. All those links and stuff <laughs> are in the description. So if you have something yeah. to say, let us know. Hit us up. Give us ideas for shows. Otherwise, we're just going to keep ranting. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, if you're looking to support the show, a couple quick ways you can do that. The first is no cost to you guys. That's to use our TCG Player affiliate link. Casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Uh, surf on over there. Do your magic shopping and support us at the same time. doesn't cost you guys anything extra. You're buying magic product. Um, it's kind of a no-brainer. We'd appreciate yeah. it. Uh, if you want to support us more directly... Or you got something against TCG Player for some reason. Um, Patreon.com slash CasualTryHardMTG is where you can do that. You can chip a couple bucks in and uh, you'll get access to our pre-show. You get access to our show notes. And when I finally have stuff to send out to you guys, you'll be put on my mailing list as well. Yeah. Um, Let you kind of give back to the creators that you enjoy the content from. And that really helps us out. Patreon.com slash casual chart MTG. Yeah. Um, real quick before we get into our first topic, I feel like I have to say um, we on the show have been pretty critical of Wizards, not happy with a lot of decisions. It seems like we do an awful lot of these rants. Um, this is not like an attempt by us to undermine Wizards or anything or generate clicks or whatever like we we do this show because we like talking to each other about magic and we enjoy that people like to tune in and listen it's not like you know we're looking for clickbaity titles or here's the next rant or whatever i mean Um, if you want to click feel free (laughs) no don't get me wrong if you want to click that's fine but i mean we're going on five and a half years or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh the show hasn't exploded so i don't think i don't think that that's the goal with any of these uh rant style shows is to just you know generate interest generate social media clicks or whatever it's kind of just giving our thoughts so yeah i always feel bad when we do these rants because like we're always so negative but i think that it's also important to point out that um uh as that we've been doing the show for five, almost five and a half years. That both magic and we have changed. Oh, for sure. Over Absolutely. over that time. So part yeah. of, uh, part of where we're coming from is, like, b- both nostalgia. of us have changed. Yeah, there's yeah. some nostalgia and just like, you know, changing priorities and opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna have a, another thing. But okay, go for le- it. Less serious than yours. So uh, there is a school in North Carolina mm-hmm. named 
Elon. Oh, yeah? Yes. And so uh, the lacrosse team is going to play Elon. And as you guys got to come up with, like, so they were first going to play Davidson. I was like, oh, you got to come up with, like, good, like, trash talk for, like, rich people. Like, oh, your mother only has four cars after you score a a goal or something. They're like, oh, your ascot is wrinkled. Whatever, right? And then, like, the I said, said, oh, is it against Elon? When you, if you score a goal, she'd be like, you need to sell Twitter. (laughs) I got your SpaceX right here. (laughs) Just every time. Just like the most absurd. There's a rocket for you. Yeah. Grimes that went into space. Yeah, Grimes left you. Just like the most like <laughs> obscure, uh, random Elon Musk related like uh, trash talk. So yeah. we we said like uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter, and I was like, oh man, the Elon jokes—they just write themselves. <laughs> um, okay, so last Thursday or Friday, yeah. I uh, messaged James and was like, you have to listen to. The first, like, you know, the the rant that Marshall had on LR. Mm-hmm. Like, he's starting to sound like us a little bit. A little bit. A lot of bit. Yeah. So, uh, some background. Um, a thing that Marshall uh, and LSV, to a lesser extent, have been talking about a lot is the speed of recent limited formats. Mm-hmm. Um, both in terms of like how quickly you are dead mm-hmm. and the importance of first um, few turns. the first few turns, like, yeah. like the fact that based on some, and we'll talk about this on some like 17 lands data, if you make a turn one play that kind of impacts the board in any meaningful way, your win rate goes up like 5%. Right. So so this thing that they were talking about is kind of in the like set up by the fact that in the arena era, since they had 17 lands, like four of the six fastest sets or like four of the five fastest sets have been like four of the last five or six sets released on arena. Mm hmm. So, like, when we talk about this, um, like, that is kind of what we're, where he was coming from in this. Yeah. So, um, he, w- I pulled out some of that okay. data if Look you want to you. You speak at it. Okay. Uh, so, there are nine sets on 17 lands where the average turn length is under nine turns for a game. Um, the most recent six sets, so the last six sets that we've had, are all in those nine sets. Okay. Uh, the other pinpoint there is uh, Murders at Karlov Manor is one of only four sets with a win rate on the play above 53%. So where the die roll has a significant impact on who wins the match. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those four sets were released last year. Yes. So all of the sets that have a on-the-play win rate above 53% happened in the last 12 months. Yeah. Which just means, again, like, it is prizing you, like, being 
on the board slash like aggressive early right. on. Yep. And the other thing you have here is that like if he brought up that because like the best thing for you to do is to play like a one mana two one mm-hmm. or a one mana one one with evasion or you know a two mana two three with like some ability that means that you don't have the time to play the cool archetypes that get put yeah. into limited and so like oh hey this really cool like blue green uh build around just is unplayable like blue mm-hmm. green as an archetype it always kind of falls into like blue green rampy crap right well like, I, I think like those are two separate things though so Marshall specifically called out blue green as like mm-hmm. just being abysmal yeah. because it kind of always falls into the same trap that's very um opposite of what the game is designed or how limited it is designed to play mm-hmm. lately. Um I think separate from that is the cool archetypes. And when I heard this, I got thinking to myself, what was the last set where we had like the hidden archetype that was good. Um, Dominaria United had a five color archetype yeah. that oh, was pretty that good. Might, might not be the one that I'm thinking of. Or Is, thinking? was that the one that um, like the walls? Was there something with walls? Yeah, that was the uh, that set had walls in it. That yeah. was the black white white archetype was walls, but there was also like you could like play a five color deck or like maybe um keldheim with like five color snow color snow but like i was more like hey there's this cool blue red build around the blue Mm -hmm. red signpost and common wants you to do fiddly stuff with artifacts well you can't take that card if you want to win because there's a white two mana three two with like an ability yeah at uncommon you've got to take that because that's going to win you more games and so like oh hey there's a neat black blue archetype you can't Mm -hmm. play it because it's too slow and requires too much setup yeah right so i was like using blue green as like Blue green has like been a a slow kind of ponderous archetype for a long time, mm-hmm. and like you know you can't take like a three drop that like taps for mana when your opponent goes like one two three kill your three drop you never get right. to play your like big six drop yeah kind of deal so you had this thing where like the limited games are getting condensed and mm-hmm. why I told James to listen to it is there was a a little bit of our like man, Limited has really changed, right? Ours is more like the game has really changed. Yeah. But Limited has really changed. And, like, I would like a, like, return to sets that, like, we used to get. Mm-hmm. Right? I would like to be able to play a 12-turn on average <laughs> game of Limited, not yeah. a 9-turn average game of limited yeah like that's exactly what marshall said too yeah like and he he even said that like you can't argue that 
I'm trying to remember his words now. Um, like him and LSV both tend to not play aggressive decks. Mm-hmm. And he specifically said, you know, you. I realize there's going to be a lot of people that say I'm complaining because the archetype that I prefer isn't particularly playable, but like, and then that's when he went into all of this other data that, yeah. you know, everything is just getting absurdly fast and it, like, it doesn't even matter that, you know, it's not his preferred way to play. It's like fundamentally a problem. He was saying, uh, was it that I know people are going to say that we like to play like ramp or control decks. He's like, I would just like mid range to yeah. be a playable archetype. Yeah. And you know, that has been pushed out and there, he always talks about like recently, like that there feels like there must be like a spreadsheet mm-hmm. where, you this know, the six drop green creature and this exactly, is your the, two drop three one. And yeah, the, the six drop green, green creature that gains you some amount of life. That's kind of like yeah. his go to. Like, there's a lot of things that feel like samey. Same-y. Yeah. And like LSV did say that like a lot of the sets are starting to lose their identity. Yeah. And being different. Because, I mean, if all of the sets are like, I can't take this four drop because I might be dead before I cast it. Yeah. Or so far in the hole, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I've got to take this two drop. Then every set feels the same where like every set drafts where you're like, I got to go one, two, three, like one, yep. two, three removal spell, win the game. And, you know, we've all played enough limited to know that, you know, if you go one, two, three and your opponent goes miss their third land drop, the game ends. And, like, those things still happen, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, exacerbates those situations and makes them even worse. Yeah. Um, But it was just interesting to kind of, like, I really wish I could go back to playing some version of Magic that, like, we recognize as, like, what we, like, enjoyed playing. Yeah, I mean, to your point about, like, sets feeling different, um, like, there is definitely like during spoiler season you got a unique feeling for the cards from lost caverns Mm -hmm. and we got a unique feeling for the cards from murders at carlov manor but in gameplay i like if you blocked the names out i could not tell you which cards were in which set yeah i mean i think part of it is Again, like the 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 way you play the game. So yeah. like the hey, this card has disguise, it does a really neat thing. It's like you cannot in modern magic, regardless of what the set is, pay play a three mana two two. Yep. You will lose the game if you use your three mana to play a two two. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that was another thing that they that Marshall had talked about, and it was something that we had talked about uh, when we were doing like our introduction to the set show, mm-hmm. where we did a lot of comparisons to cons because yeah. disguise is basically morph, and cons was a great limited set, and we talked about all the reasons why morph made you know cons a good limited set and what we were expecting to see, and like disguise is not playable. You cannot take a creature with disguise unless you're going to play it for its front side because you'll be dead before you flip it. 
yeah, it just doesn't make doesn't make sense. Where like cons was like tons of like common and uncommon tap lands. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't play one drops. Right. <laughs> and then three and four color um decks. Sometimes mm-hmm. five color decks. Right? And now this is like a modern lean two color set. Right, a lot of those things that allowed like morph to be good just aren't there. But like, if every time you like, um, go to draft a set, you know you should draft red, black, most power and toughness and removal spells you can. Yep. Right, the cheapest cards with the highest first number and the cheapest removal spells. That is your draft deck every time. What what is the red black archetype? Don't know, don't care. I know that this is a good one drop, this is a good two drop, this is a good three yeah. drop. Right? Or you're like, I gotta draft red white. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe you can draft like blue white. Yeah. Like, oh, it's aggressive evasive flyers. Right? And then it's like, what about the other archetypes? Don't matter. Yeah, like the green creatures aren't aggressive enough at lo- at like low enough cost to matter. Um yep. Like, blue-green doesn't matter. Blue-reds, like, you can't, like, have a deck full of spells and be fidgety all the time. Yeah. Right? Now, every so often, one of those archetypes will, like, get there. Yeah. The, the synergy real- doesn't work when you're dead, though. Yeah. And it t- synergy takes time to set up. And so you have, like, this thing where just, like, all of the unique archetypes and unique cards give way to 2-mana 3-1. Yeah. And it's like, well, if every limited set feels like that, why do you keep going back? You would go back to limited because you would get, like, a fast, aggressive set and then, like, a slow set. And then, like, yeah, one kind of in the, middle, in the middle and, like, you could, like, find the, you know, the caves archetype, mm-hmm. which, like, it didn't work. Or gates. Like, gates was, like, a, an yeah. archetype that, like, you had time to breathe and like do that. Yep. And like now you don't have that replayability because you've got to go one, two, three every game mm-hmm. or you're going to die. Like you can do fun things, but fun things aren't that much fun when you just like one, three every arena draft or whatever. Yeah. So before we move on to the next bit here, I got a, a thought that just popped into my head. I want okay. your take on. So we, when we were doing our mechanics episode, we kind of complained about, um, like power crept morph, mm-hmm. and like why didn't they just use morph? It could have just been morph, whatever. This is just strictly better morph. What does that do for either morph or disguise um, coming back? That the mechanic was kind of such a such a miss. Like it's not doing anything in limited. It's not doing anything in constructed. I mean, I I have a thought for like kind of the that kind of goes with the next thing as well, but it okay. kind of fills in with both. As you make one and two mana cards better, mm-hmm. it really puts a pressure on your three mana two two to, to do be something really good. Yeah, right. And having ward two isn't really good, especially. When you printed like three cards that said can't be countered on them, 
as removal spells. Yeah. It was like, oh, we could have used Morph, but we didn't because we wanted to make him harder to interact with and harder to kill. But we're going to print multiple removal spells that say can't be countered on it. Yeah. To get around the ward. Then why did you put the ward on the card? <laughs> right? Yeah, you could have just, just had like eliminate as the card. Right. But no, you went with the long goodbye so it had ward. So like just make it morph and put eliminate in the set. Yeah. Not make it war or make it disguise and then put what plays as eliminate mm-hmm. in the set. Um, but like, I think that like you run into this problem, like, I don't think it can't, can come back really, unless you have, it could come back in like a con situation. Imagine if they like, were like three color set with like tap lands and like structurally they slow the set down so that your morphs matter. But, yeah. like, that would require them printing cards that they currently feel like are unprintable. Do you think that that's something they can do since we've moved away from blocks, though? Like, I think one of the reasons why cons was successful is because they didn't have to jam everything into one set. They they let that kind of stuff have a little bit of room to breathe. And like now that we're not spending as much time developing the same themes and the same synergies and the same archetypes, they've got to cram everything into one set. Mm-hmm. Um, that could make it harder where you have to like, you know, if you want like six cards that are a, a, a nine or a 10 for a given standard archetype, they all have to go into this right. as opposed to being like, you know, Again, using the cons, well, we have Morph, but then later on we'll have Mega Morph. Right. And they both kind of, like, care about the same things. So we well, can spread them out, as opposed to, like, having to put, like, Den Protector and Death Mist Raptor and Mastery of yeah. the Unseen and all of these cards in cons. Mm-hmm. You got to spread them out, so you got so you had more space for four mana, four three flavor text. Yeah, like that's like that point was kind of what I was mm-hmm. getting at when when you've got five mechanics in a set, and you've got ten limited archetypes you're trying to support, plus maybe a sub theme for a special archetype, and you're trying to tell a story. Like some of those things are exclusive like they they can't overlap like if you have a mechanic like morph you can't just put anything on that card number one especially with mechanic like morph number one because there's a good chance that car is never going to see the backside and also because like there's only so much room on a card Uh like you're not going to have a card that's like a morph and um double-sided yeah. Like, you have the, like, you are, like, limited, and, like, you you also have, you said, like, you know, all the limited archetypes. You're also designing for constructed. Yeah. Right? So, like, well, how, like, you can't, like, have the right number of cards that do things for limited mm-hmm. 
and then seed the the power the power like the the red white disguise archetype in standard or whatever yeah unless you put you have to put all of those cards in the set yeah. right so like i think that like if you were simply designing for limited mm-hmm. you could like maybe make no blocks work cuz you could be like well, I don't care if this is playable and constructed. I care about yeah. the limited outcomes. But you have to have the cards that are playable and constructed that yeah. are at higher rarities or you know, or you know, and rare isn't that rare isn't that rare. Right. So, it just makes it harder to like balance the whole thing out when you can't go like we probably shouldn't put like these five busted cards in the set, we should spread them out across multiple sets where they can all share a mechanic. Yeah. Because, like, you know, what was the... In cons, like, was it Disguise and Cloak are here? Yeah. That was Morph and Manifest. And And they were two sets. And they were in two different sets. Yeah. But here we stuck them together. Yeah. And it's like, it would have been nice to be able to, like, spread them out. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you, I, I don't know, like, kind of cowboy's cloak. Could you have like put cloak Maybe. in the cowboy set? Maybe and spread it out a little bit that way, and then giving yourself a little bit more room for like, you know, some like lower powered cards, some stinkers that made it so you didn't like get run yeah. over on turn five. Right. Um. But yeah, like I don't know if you can like bring morph disguise whatever the next version of it is back without like a, does it have to be a three mana three three i mean it has to be better than a three mana two two with ward yeah it has to be like you you've raised the bar you can't print anything worse than that from now on yeah and like there's only like so you either can lower the power of the things around those cards at the one and two mana mark which yeah. might not be a bad thing. I think part right. of the reason Limited has gotten so fast recently is we have a lot more playable one and two drops than we used to. Yeah. Right? Like, that's something that, like, again, on LR, they bring up, like, we used to just ignore the one drops, and now they're, like, some of the most important cards in the set. Yep. Thanks, Rusty. Yeah. And then... um that Restwing Falcon or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one mana, one, two flyer with first strike? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you have like that issue where your ones and twos are way more powerful, so they get played more. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're going to have a three mana, two, two Garbo, right? Like Ward or whatever, then you've got to make like bad one and two mana cards to make. Three mana two twos like okay. How like how do you do that though? How how do you print a set where like the power is reduced in general to make you know slower things better while at the same time like increasing the length of standard and still having all of those power crept cards? Like th- there's no way to go backwards. Yeah, because like I mean, you could, like, you could put... Forfeit your pa- a year's worth of sales? like. But no, <laughs> like, you could put the power in, like, 
four and five drops or like, you know what I mean? Where instead of like having these like one and two mana cards with like walls of text, you uh, have, you put the walls of text at four, five and six. Um, and then that makes it so you can play a two mana two two or a three mana two two and then maybe flip it up on turn four or on turn five and like have some sort of profitable interaction with their four mana like impressive spell that had more power. Kinda like my point though is that if if you're gonna print something into standard mm-hmm. that is at a reduced power level and you want to still sell cards, so you have to still print cards that people want. What do you print at four mana that's better than Shieldred? Uh, what do you print at five mana that's better than Shieldred for the I next mean, two years? That that is a huge problem. Like, well, again, I will bring it. We missed on Shieldred, but yeah. like, we're like, it dies. Well, what if it doesn't? But like. <laughs> Spoiler I, alert, it I, usually doesn't. I don't know what you can print, but, like, the answer can't just be to, like, print better Tenacious Underdog every yeah. single set. You know, or print better, like, Rafine's Informant or better yeah. Mosswood Dread Knight or whatever, right? Right, you can't just be like, well we have to print better ones and twos because we can't print a better four. We can't print a better five and bone horde Dracosaur. So we have to make like threes ridiculous. I'm not saying you have to do it for like every single set, but like, Hey, we're going to do the morph set, make the ones and twos worse, make a four drop that is like in red or white. That is like, shieldred adjacent mm-hmm. right not like the same power level but like then maybe that would get people to play like a land other than a swamp in their deck in standard yeah right because like standard is you know a lot of it is kind of going back to the old best of one where it's like you're either playing all mountains and you're trying mm-hmm. to get them dead immediately or you play swamp plus a friend and yeah. Then you're like settling into like resolve a shielded, which they more than likely can't kill, mm-hmm. and then offset all their attacks by like drawing two cards. Yeah, but like you got to have that split. But I'm saying like, or like you make it a you maybe you ha- maybe morph only works in like a three color set now, where like there's a stack of like tapped, um, tapped dual lands, where mm-hmm. like. Or you, like, make a bunch of the two drops gold so they're harder to cast. Yeah. Or, like, you, like, hey, this is a gold set, but all the two drops are double color. Mm-hmm. So, right, like, so now, like, you really have to work to cast the two drop. Yeah. And that's going to slow the games down. But, like, you still could have a powerful two drop in your, like, two-colored standard deck with better mana then you're like limited deck that's like three dual lands and then like five 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 or whatever so like maybe something that where you have to like specifically say i'm gonna slow this down as much as possible Mm -hmm. but i think that the problem is is like people playing like 
current limited have been trained that you like always get to cast your two drop because it's like one in a hybrid red white. And so it doesn't matter well, if I have planes, planes or mountain, mountain, I get to count my, cast my two drop. They don't have that struggle. So I think this is the next thing that we're going to talk about here mm-hmm. and was like literally my first comment to you while I was listening to this is how much, like, I don't think this is something that Marshall touched on, but how much of this is just designing for limited or for arena? Is this just like the arena effect designed to play games as fast as possible, grind the ladder? Like you got to get through a, a game while you're on the John waiting for your next job or whatever. Yeah, no, I think that there is definitely um, an aspect of that where think about all the things that they have done to streamline cards to work mm-hmm. better on Arena. Right. Right. Unmissable triggers or, like, you don't have to make a decision. Like, the counter just goes on a Johnny's Pride Mate. It's right. no longer, like, you may add. It's like, no, no, you add. So it yeah, does it automatically. Do it. Right? So I would not be surprised if there was, like, Hey, we don't want to. We don't want limited games to take fifteen to twenty minutes. We want them to take seven, seven, or you know, eight to ten. Yeah, right. Like we're kind of in that sweet spot. We want like ten minute games because you know, whatever. Like you know, they have the data that like the vast majority of the games are played in this time frame. Right. Right, so we want to like bring the games down to that to that level. I think there's, I think that's probably most of it. Right, yeah. is you have to just um, think about it as they are, they are designing the sets to be this way, mm-hmm. and the most logical thing is like most of our players play on arena. Right, think about all the cards that we've been like, oh, that card is like an arena card. Like, that mm-hmm. card's, like, impossible to track in paper. Absolutely. Or, or, like, you. why do we have four different types of counters, right, on these different yep. cards? It's like, no, it's because you don't have to track it because we're playing on Arena now. Yeah, it seems like every time we do a set review episode, there's always a card or two that's like, oh, this is obviously designed for Arena because, because it's templated this way, because mm-hmm. it's hard to track, because whatever. Yeah, but. it's like they don't care if you track this in paper because no one's playing these cards in paper. Right. And so I think that it's absolutely, as he was saying it, I was like, it's probably, it's like power creep in arena. Yeah. Right? Like you can't like keep printing amazing one drops and then not have people play them. Right. Like you can't have millions of games played that like, oh, you know, 80% of games like are done in 10 minutes and when a game goes 20 minutes the um uh there's a 50% concession rate or everybody that played a 20 minute game clicked the frowny face when they asked you if you had fun mm-hmm. exactly like did you have fun it yeah. took too long yeah i had to poop twice like, that's right <laughs> right like my wife was calling me i had to go yeah yeah, my break is only 15 minutes. I can't play a 20-minute game. Yeah. Right, and I, I think that is probably a big part of it, right? So I don't yeah, know I, if it's going to change. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, I did have one more thought kind mm-hmm. of related to, I think it was the pre-show that I touched on 
something kind of adjacent to this about perspective. Um, and like, I'm not arguing any of this stuff. I, I mean, we have, we have seen it. We have com commented on it. Um, it's a thing, but I wonder how much the data plays into this. Um, like Marshall, when he was talking about the data that he gathered, um, he kept mentioning from, from the 17 lands era. Mm -hmm. And obviously you're not going to get 17 lands data from before 17 lands was around. So it makes sense that, you know, when you're using that data, that that's the data you're going to use, but you don't have a perfect data set either because mm -hmm. you like you you couldn't have tracked it was it would have been impossible to track these things before this mm -hmm. and also does this data existing change how players are playing like if people didn't have 17 lands data that said you know aggression is the best way to go would aggression be the best way to go because players would be trying to dirtle? Is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy that like yeah. the, the the best one drop is uh novice inspector. So like right. I've got to take novice inspector and be in white and like you know beat down or whatever. Maybe right. not. It could just be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um there there is like just also the if you see it all the time. Mhm. Mm then, like, if you have the numbers in front of you, then you notice it, right? Right? Like, were there other, were there other stretches that were like either this fast or like this slow, or, yeah, or like on the other data. end? Yeah, we just like don't have it. But I think that you know, the fact that it's been multiple sets in a row, mm -hmm. like the um. The like what kind of led me to thinking about this is that I mean, for years and years, this is not a new thing that I'm about to say, but we've always said in the beginning of a format, if you have a tournament the first weekend of a brand new format, the thing to do is be aggressive mm -hmm. because you're going to punish all of the people that are trying new things, are still perfecting their synergies, are dirtling around doing whatever, trying the new thing. You're just going to beat up on them and you're going to get easy wins. Mm -hmm. Because I think people have access to this data now, like that may, that I think that can factor into this self-fulfilling prophecy. Even if the cards aren't, I'm not saying they're not, because like I said, I, yeah. I agree with everything that has been stated already. But, if you have data saying that this is the best, the best thing to do is play a one drop. Um, like that's what you're going to do and it's going to keep that going. But that number is going to be inflated early in a format to begin with because that's what people are doing to capitalize on the format being new and not figured out. I and think that... An interesting yeah, perspective. I yeah, thought. no, like if, if in week one... Red white aggro is the best. Then in mm -hmm. week two, people are going to draft red white aggro. But what right. normally happens in draft, though, is like you know the saying is like draft is self correcting. Yeah. If three people sit down to draft red white aggro, you have three people that should end up with like 
medium to bad decks because they were picking over everything from everyone else. They were fighting over the red-white. Like, that only holds true if you're playing in pod, though. Well, no, like... I guess, like, my my assumption is, let's say that everyone, assume everyone knows that red-white is the best. Yeah. Right? And so every pod people are fighting. So then you should run into less good red-white decks. Mm. And then you should perhaps get better decks in another color. Right? Now, you could run into the situation where there are enough pods that, like, everyone in one pod thinks that blue-green is great, and you just get every amazing red-white card and just smash everyone you play cross-pod. But, like, there should come a point where, like, either red-white gets overdrafted, thus allowing other archetypes to kind of, like, come, uh, like, to... Load up. They haven't haven't gotten better, perhaps, but the red-white archetype has come down to them, or they've gotten a little bit better because there's less people in them, and then red-white has come down a little bit, and so then they even out. Or, like... There should be the tools in the format to, like, deal with the aggression, mm-hmm. right? They're like, oh, like, I don't know, there's this stupid wall, or, you know, there's a one of the blue 07 that just holds the ground, yeah. and or, like, you know, and you can put together a deck that is, like, defensive enough to keep you alive to then do the thing. And, like, if you're not getting the the tools to deal with the aggression, and because if in the nature of Arena, like, there are still enough good red-white decks because, you know, we're both pretty enfranchised. I've not downloaded 17 lands. Yeah, I haven't either. I've not gone to 17 lands but, like, once or twice, right? So, like, the average person playing Arena isn't looking at 17 lands data that's true right so maybe well i mean i wonder i wonder if they state how many users they have uh i don't know uh 17 lands do they say how many users there are start tracking game replays yada 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 um uh i don't know um but, right, maybe, like, if not everyone knows and there's one red-white drafter a pod. Yeah. Or one red-white drafter in 60% of the pods, then you run into a situation where, um, like, they are still getting the good version of the red-white deck and it doesn't, like, correct itself because mm-hmm. not everyone is working from the same base of knowledge. Yeah. And there's also another thing that like they touched on is like I'm willing to bet when I was doing 20 to 30 drafts of a set I was in the top like yeah, 5 to 10% of like people drafting. Right. Right. How many people are kind of more like you that'll show up and do like two seals and three drafts? And then, and then like move on experience. and that's your limited experience. And yeah. so like you aren't getting the this feels the same vibes right. 
because you came in in the first week and you're like, I always draft aggressive stuff. I'll draft my aggressive stuff. Yay. And then move on. And then, then you don't play limited for 10 weeks and you yeah. come back and you like draft the decks you like to draft. And then you go away again where like it's more pronounced when you are doing 20, 30 uh, Marshall and LSV to like a hundred drafts a set. So I think we are severely underestimating the uh, number, either the number of people, probably the number of people using 17 lanes. Um, I don't see that number recorded anywhere here. Okay. But just for uh, shiggles, mm-hmm. I downloaded the draft data for cons of Turkey Okay. Arena. Mm-hmm. It's a spreadsheet. Okay. Right? The CSV file. How big do you think this file is? In terms of like size. Ten gigs? No, no, it's not that big. <laughs> it's it's a uh, forty five megabytes. Okay. Of just but ones and how of... how big does a spreadsheet have to be to be to that be big? Forty five megabytes. Where did you the draft I went to uh, analytics, public data sets. Analytics. And then draft data. All right. Um, it was Premier Draft, updated 1124. And draft. it's 45 megabytes. All right. Yeah. And otherwise, taking forever. Come on, computer. Be better. Did it like tell you how many games were in there? I, I haven't opened it. Okay. We're, we're waiting. Um, maybe there are, maybe there's more than we like realized, but like how many people are then like going and like, uh Oh, I went away. Oh yeah. I'm trying, trying to open. (laughs) You're looking at things. Sorry. I forgot. (laughs) I forgot. I was like, Oh no, did I break? But like, but there's still not enough people on using 17 lands to like really like uh yeah i'm i'm over that (laughs) that's way more than i have mental ability to process right now um but like maybe there are more people but if there there's going to be a critical mass right yeah if there are three hundred thousand people doing uh drafts in any given set Right, and there are thirty thousand people using seventeen lands. That's ten percent. Yeah, right. That probably doesn't swing the the numbers very far. Even if it's a hundred thousand people, it's a third. Yeah, that means like uh, two thirds of your people aren't using seventeen lands data, and like might not. Well, kinda, it, no. it means that. Two thirds of your people aren't reporting data to seventeen lands, but they could be going to seventeen lands using the data. Yeah, and especially when you have like Reddit and limited resources that are like distributing this information. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it's just, at least in my brain, sometimes it's interesting to think about where the data comes from and how it's used instead of just like drawing conclusions. Yeah. 
Yeah, like where where are people getting it from? How might they be using it? Yeah. How many people? But like if well, the, how the data can change the data. Yeah, how can it's it's uh it's an uncertainty principle. Exactly. Right? Like if you observe it, you change mm-hmm. it. Right. So you can't observe it. Right. So it's like, well, I would like to both know like the win rate, the best cards and the true win rate, but it's like, well, when you know the best cards, you mess with the win rate. Exactly. And when you know the win rate, that changes what the best cards are. Right. right? So yeah, I know I can see I can see that. But I think at the end of all of this, whatever the causes are, it was to me interesting that there was someone whose uh, livelihood depends on playing limited, talking mm-hmm. about magic, yep. and um, then doing coverage, saying that like for a lot, like the most recent set, when they put the uh, Vintage Cube up on Magic Online, I didn't go back to yeah. the standard set and draft. I just played Vintage Cube. And if you listen to limited resources, there are fewer and fewer episodes about like the state of the format. Right. Right. There's like, oh, we're going to do like an old set mm-hmm. review with uh, the Ben Stark, or we're going yeah. to like have circuits on to talk about the data. Yeah. Right. Like, like, things solidify much faster just because of the number of games. And that could also be another thing, right? Is like back in the day you would do less drafts Mm -hmm. and the data was disseminated less quickly. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't get to like the big data set of like what the best cards were, which it was also like to go alongside with doing less drafts. It was like way more expensive. Oh Yeah. Like if you're spending thirty bucks on a set release, like you got a whole bunch of drafts on arena. If you spend thirty bucks on a set release and paper, that's two, two drafts. or three. Yeah. And like those two or three drafts took four hours. Mm-hmm. Each. Where yeah. As so you're eight hours in, where yeah. on arena you've done I don't know, six, seven drafts, maybe Probably. eight in and out in yeah. in eight hours. Mm-hmm. You've done like four times as many drafts for yeah. the same amount of money in the same amount of time. Right. And like, yeah, we're just maybe like magic is not built to handle the modern pace of of things like modern data. Like how long do we get like, you know, I don't know, uh, robo read that just like plays a set. And then it's like, this is the absolute best deck because AI Reed played 10 yeah. million matches in like an afternoon. Yeah. And this is the best possible deck. Well, that's kind of a unique point that Magic has already had this problem. What do you mean? Um, I mean, it's kind of the same problem that Magic had from the get-go because... Like the reason that the Power Nine exist were because um, Gar- Mr. Garfield, Dr. Garfield, there 
didn't think that anybody would ever know what all of the cards were. Yeah. He thought cards would be so rare that nobody would know what all of the cards were. That no one would ever have 20, lo- 20 um, uh, mocks in. Right. Right? Because, oh, there's, like, people are going to buy, like, three packs. Mm-hmm. And they're going to play with those three packs kind yeah, of forever. Yeah, they're going to shuffle them into their starter deck, and then that, that's their card pool forever. Yeah. I mean, I guess lucky for him, they didn't. Uh, right. But... Yeah, so, like, you could get away with designing differently when, like, you someone may never see a Black Lotus. Right. Like, you would hear whispered, hushed, like, oh, man, this guy, like, played this thing and, like, it made three mana and he played, like, a Singer Vampire on turn one. Whoa! Yeah. Right? He went Lotus Dark Ritual Singer Vampire. I couldn't win. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, uh... Yeah, so, like, and then as people got more information, like, it kind of changed how cards had to be designed. Mm-hmm. And, like, are we reaching, like, the next kind of inflection point of information? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, where, especially with, like, less churn, we've talked about this before, like, mm-hmm. it used to be that, like, the deck that won the SEG, there would be a deck to beat it the next week. Yep. And now there's kind of like less churn because there's less high, high level, high leverage events. So like, yeah, why do I need to figure out the deck that beat Shieldred when I can just like cash in four Mythic Wildcards and have my Shieldred? Mm-hmm. As opposed to you'd be cashing in like over $300 to get four Shieldreds in paper. Right. So it might be the uh, the financially sound choice to be like, we're going to beat Shieldred, we can't play him. Right. Right, you don't have that same, like, imperative. Well, card availability, too. Like, you know, especially when you're dealing with Mythics, and, like, heaven forbid there's a set that doesn't sell well, and it has, mm-hmm. like, the best card to play, there just might not be copies of the card for sale mm-hmm. that you can get, like, let alone the price. But on Arena, it's just a couple wild cards away. There is no card availability issues. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have that, like, you don't have the same pressures. Card availability, tournaments, whatever, to, like, force you to find a way to beat something. You can just be like, well, I'm going to play, like, the best thing that, like, suits my play style or the best thing, period. Mm Mm-hmm. So... You want to uh, jump into the second topic real quick, or sure. I mean, we're creeping Absolutely. up on an hour or so. That's right. We can get through this relatively quickly. It can be a shorter rant. All right. Uh, so, as we all know, the Lord of the Rings set made many, many dollars. Yeah, more more than one or two. Yeah, more than one or two, and based on this, it was decided that hey. We should, we should do more of that. More of these. So they are going to go from one Lord of the Rings size set a year. Universes Beyond set. Universes Beyond Lord of the Rings, like full 300 card release yep. to two. And I think they're going to be draftable products. Was that yes. the plan? Well, the way it was stated was that they're going to be... There's going to be two per year within the format of the six set per year plan. 
Okay. Where, so they've done, like, the last couple of years, we've had, like, four regular releases and then some sort of um, Modern Horizon we Commander. We had Time Spiral Masters. Remastered last year. Did we have, like, yeah. some remaster sets that were released? Yeah, Dominaria Remastered. Um, so, like, a full, full-on full set release. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Two of those per year are now going to be universes beyond. So there was a whole bunch more in this press release that I'm sure will get disseminated eventually and people will be talking about for a couple weeks. Um, but like what this in particular, what, what does this look like? Are we going to get, is one of these going to replace like the modern horizon set or is like one of these going to replace a standard legal set? Are we going to have standard legal Fast and the Furious so like Dodge Charger Commander? I just want the card that says it's about family <laughs> for the Fast and Furious set. Uh, Dom Toretto Family Man is a planeswalker. Uh, I want it to be called 10 Second Car. There we go. Okay, so we have... Um, so last year we had the Dominary Mastered, yeah. Lord of the Rings, and was there like a Double Masters set in the fall, like between Lord of the Rings and the fall set? I don't remember. They all kind of like run remember. together. Uh, Commander Legends. Didn't we have Commander Legends 2 last year? Yes, I think we did. So maybe you have like... Maybe the summer is like every couple years Modern Horizons 8 or whatever. Mm. Oops, all free spells or whatever. (laughs) And then, so like every other year, maybe there's a modern, or maybe every three years there's a Modern Horizon set in the summer. And then there's like a, and then the, the other years it is a Universes Beyond product. And then in those like, there's like a spring release date for a thing, mm-hmm. and there's kind of like a fall end of summer release date for another thing. Maybe they go like, you know, they use those when there's a Modern Horizons release, and then they use like summer and one of them for, for the uh, other years. But I mean, maybe they kind of push Modern Horizons aside if like Modern Horizons three doesn't do as well as. Lord of the Rings did. Hmm. Because, like, it's not about making modern better. It's 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 about moving product. It's about moving product. So, like, if they're like, man, we spent all this R&D time on Modern Horizons 3, and it didn't... um, didn't sell as well as Modern Horizons 2 because, I don't know, we've alienated all of our modern players um (laughs) so i guess we won't do that anymore and instead that'll just be our like you know we'll have a the hulk set we'll have a the spider-man set yeah every summer with our multiple marvel products so like we we really because we moved to these bonus sheets Mm -hmm. and basically every set going forward now um, I don't think there's really a need for a master set anymore, no. right? I think they're all horizon sets going forward. 
and that also kind of eliminates the need for remastered sets to some degree yes because a remastered set is basically a master set like in a block yeah or in so, yeah or on, on a plane yeah sure um so i don't know i don't know that we need either of those which opens up like a slot in the year mm-hmm um, I don't know that we're going to get away from Horizon sets, though, because, like, they've always done really well. So, and like, when was Modern Horizons 2 released? Two years ago. Was it three years ago? I think it was two years ago. I am looking, and again, Google doesn't want to Google. Solid. Yep. This is so weird that it does this, but whatever. Um, so what was the podcast? It was just Brian complaining about his uh, Google not Googling. <laughs> uh, maybe it was two years ago. I think it was two years ago. Um, and like I think we're approaching, maybe we're not quite there yet, but we might be approaching the point of like a Pioneer Horizon set being viable. As a thing, mm-hmm. so I, I don't one hundred percent know that that's going away. Um, it's a way for them to print cards into modern. It's a way for them to print cards into commander. It's a way for them to print cards into legacy, like all of those other formats that aren't standard. Things that are higher power level than standard would normally be. Which I, I guess there's no reason that universes beyond whatever couldn't be that as well, but. I find it hard to believe that they're not going to do some sort of that product there. And I think that like they're trying to um, attract new players with these with these universes beyond crossovers. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're just they're not just for nostalgia nerds that already play magic and like really like Fallout, really like Assassin's Creed, really like Lord of the Rings. They're they're meant to attract new people to the game and they're trying to like revitalize or there's a push at least to revitalize in-store play and standard. So I think it, it kind of makes sense to instead of porting these people directly into commander, because you could do that with commander decks. um, I think it kind of makes sense to port them back into like a competitive format, like standard. Yeah. it, It would not surprise me if the, the summer standard release turns out to be um, the Avengers or X-Men or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do, like, that would suck so bad, though, to just, like, you know, your standard set, like, your standard play be, like, you know, Spider-Man versus Tony Stark. I mean, I, I don't know that it's any worse than anything else that has happened in the last few years. Fair, yeah, we've definitely kind of moved away from, like, Seeming to care. The shark about has been things. jumped. Yeah, there, very there's true. No, there's very no true. putting it back. At least I don't think there's any putting it back. No, probably not. Which is unfortunate. Kind of like the same way. I don't see a way out of power creep. I don't see a way out of. Yeah. I also like. Maybe this is just me, but like, it feels like they're like five years too late to the Marvel train. Oh yeah. It just feels like we missed it. 
So that was something, I don't think it was in the article, but I think it was in the press briefing. Mm -hmm. Um, They mentioned, because they do like cost breakdowns, right? Because it's meant to give information to investors. One of Mm -hmm. the things that they specifically called out was that uh, universes beyond products have a 2% lower profit margin than a normal set due to royalties paid to the IP owner. Mm-hmm. So how much money did they take in for Lord of the Rings? Do you have it pulled up there or is your internet still not working? My internet's still a little wonky. Okay, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um... Uh, do 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 told investors there it is so riveting content here where i'm riveting content skimming yes. through an article do 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 hasbro revenue but well, modern horizons came out 3 2 came out 3 years ago that was three years ago? June 2021. So, like, Modern Horizons 4 could come out in three years, and they would have, like, multiple spots to put, you know, My Little Pony yeah. and whatever in. I had to yeah, stoop I guess to Microsoft Edge. <laughs> just because it that's not the, or that's the plan now doesn't mean it change. Yeah. But yeah, it matters how much they make on that, um, on like the next universes beyond set. Like they're kind of basing this, I think we said in the pre-show, on the like absolute best IP that they could have done. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, what if the the Marvel setting that they pick doesn't resonate with people? Well, multiple Marvel settings. Yeah, but like. What if one of them sets, does it? What? So, yeah. What? What if they like? I don't know. Do Thor: The Dark World, and everyone's like, "Ugh, why did we do this? This is so bad. No one liked this." <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure. But it is, it is sad that they spent years and years and years and years and years building up like the magic world and the magic IP and the magic story mm-hmm. to then go, you know what? No, screw it. We're going to do, we're going to cut a big chunk of that out. We're going to hitch our wagon to the popularity of other things. Yeah. But like you have, like you have to, people are like somewhat fickle, right? Like, you know, I don't know how well Assassin's Creed is going to sell. Like, Right. Uh, again, back in my day, those games were... I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since they made me a pirate. Um, <laughs> and, like, maybe do, like, boat quests and stuff, yeah. right? And, like, you know, like... is this, like And people hate Ubisoft. So, like, mm-hmm. are, like, they going to be super pumped to buy, like, Assassin's Creed? Um, you know, like, there's, you know... People are kind of like Marvel fatigued, mm-hmm. right? You're going to get the true Marvel believers, but there's also a lot of people who are going to be like, eh, you know what? No, I'm on to whatever. It'd be like if they got like Game of Thrones now. Yeah. Right? Like 
Too you miss, you miss your Game of Thrones like chance. Like that was yeah. seven years ago. Wouldn't you would have sold fun. a ton. So I don't see an exact number anywhere. Um, but six months ago, it was expected to hit two hundred million. Okay. So what's uh, what's two percent of two hundred million? Two percent of two hundred million. Yeah. Uh, that is a fiftieth of it, so it's um, four million. So that that's what was paid to uh, the Tolkien estate for for making Lord of the Rings. Man, why couldn't like one of my relatives make like an all time like yeah. thing where like? So what's your job? I just manage my dead great grandfather's <laughs> books. Yeah. Oh, neat! Like, yeah, pretty neat. I thought that was interesting, though. Um, so a little bit later note to end the show on. Okay. I think we kind of did this once already, but now that we know more is coming, what else is good for Universes Beyond? Like, what IPs could... Pro- I don't think there's anything that's going to be at the same level as Lord of the Rings. No. But what other IPs do you think would sell or be like a reasonable crossover um could they get like the last of us they already have a relationship with sony through like final fantasy and like the last of us like if you like had a last of us set release when season two of the last of us came out on hbo yeah that'd be cool that could like and that's kind of in that time time range Mm -hmm. um I mean, I joking is that like Game of Thrones, like if George R. R. Martin ever finishes the last book, yeah, right. Again, like you have like your release kind of timed around when the last book comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then you'd get people that are mad that like the characters on the cards are, look like the book characters and don't look like yeah, whatever. the characters from from the show from the show. Mm. Like, I feel like they have to be, like, fantasy, like, nerdy stuff. Mm-hmm. Which makes it a little bit harder, because, like... You think they have to do fantasy? You think it has to be fantasy? Like, I don't... I don't know if, like, let's say, the people who are huge Fast and the Furious fans... I didn't. I didn't. No, that that was totally a joke. No, no, no. But I do but, not think we're gonna get the ten second car. But I, but I think <laughs> that like people that are fans of the Fast and the Furious, there's not enough crossover with people who would also be exposed to that in like a magic context or sure. the type of person that is going to like go buy all the Fast and Furious things. There are certainly genres, though, that do mm-hmm. overlap better that aren't fantasy. Yeah. What what like, what do you think? I mean, I don't know how they would do it, but there's a plethora of sci-fi IPs. No, yeah, I guess like fantasy sci-fi kind of. I should have like I lumped those together in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to get Star Wars. Papa Disney's not going to give them that. Um. Could you do, I think, like, what about anime things? Like, what if they did, like, a Naruto set? Yeah. 
like that like that has like they just get like you know we do like my hero academia naruto and bleach well i think they'd have to do something that like doesn't already have a card game though right because like a company's not going to license their ip Mm. to magic if they already have a card game yeah is is there i think like a lot of those have card games like have card games like my hero does right i think So I am not, I'm not and yeah, sure. They, they probably won't do Star Wars and like, I don't think Star Trek is current enough or yeah, like as, as par- like at least Star Wars is like sci-fi fantasy. Like Star mm-hmm. Trek is not really, it's just sci-fi. There is no fantasy. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say uh, as Paramount Plus has found out, Star Trek is not enough to like uh, keep a whole thing afloat. Yeah. Um I like like could they like rely on the fact that most of the people that play the game are like in their like well most of the moneyed people are in their like yeah. 40s and like are there some like nostalgia things that you could like I mean they've already kind of tapped into some of them but like He-Man or yeah. you know I don't stuff know like that, that like He-Man is an extensive enough property though. Yeah, I guess I don't know how how many episodes there were of He Man. Yeah. Uh, but. But I mean, they could do something like Dune, maybe. Yeah. Like that might be a universes beyond. That's. Yeah. There's enough like material there and has enough fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, I, it has to be something where there's like at least some like crossover that like people would be aware of. Yeah. Like, but I mean, for Lord of the Rings, like, I definitely, people that I had never heard talk magic were like, oh, I've heard of this Lord of the Rings set. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you have. Go, go on. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about the One Ring. Yes. Post Malone bought for $2 million or whatever. Yes. Uh, all right. So, with all this, I think we got a show. We got a show. So if you want to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Discord, Twitter, email, X, X like, let us know uh, what you want us to talk about. Um, hopefully, Arena will work on my iPad again so I can uh, play the, the game. Hopefully the internet works. Hopefully the internet works, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I am uh, uh, on, on Microsoft Edge now. It feels like it's a Chrome <laughs> problem. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, if you're looking to support the show, a couple ways you can do it. The first is with our TCG player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Surf on over there, do any of your shopping, you'll support us at the same time. Uh, more directly, you can support us at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. You can chip a couple bucks in, you get access to our pre-show, you get access to our show notes, and you help us out a lot. We'd appreciate it. Uh, patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg alright so with that we'll catch you on the internets we'll catch you on the internets